Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're overlooking the 18th at Shelley Beach and blue sky and sunshine. A couple of clouds around, but just perfect buttes. Uh, good morning to you, mate. Former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League rep. The show is back on, my friend. It kicked off on Thursday night, reigning Premier's winners uh, against the Manly Sea Eagles. I didn't see a whole lot of that game because I'd been in Toowoomba, but I was told that Manly just could not get out of their own end. Good morning, mate. What's your analysis of the first game of the National Rugby League season? Good morning, steve and good morning to the listeners. Wow, I've got to tell you, the Panthers, they have come out stronger than how they left 2021, which is hard to believe. And they did it without Nathan Cleary. And that was probably the most impressive thing. I've got to say, Isaiah Yo is, for me, the best lock in the game right now. He just brings so much to... That side, not only what he can do with the ball skill-wise, but his decision-making as to when the right time to run is, when the right time to pass out the back, he just sums it up perfectly. And he, along with Nathan Cleary, for me, are the most two important players in their side right now. Their performance was unbelievable. Mainly, it was boys versus men. And that's as simple as it was. Very little... There was very few times in that game where Manly had the ability to push through the line. They just kept getting bumped, hammered back, and just couldn't make the yards they needed. It was just a phenomenal performance, Steve. Yeah, so Nathan Cleary misses. Last night, Adam, no Adam Reynolds for Brisbane, and it looked like the house was rocking at Suncorp Stadium. How good is it to see packed stadiums again? And uh, what a win that was for them against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. As, oh, I, as I look... As I look to our technician here, he's had a late night and this has made it even worse for Josh Kind. Yeah, yeah, there's tears flowing down his cheek at the moment. But you know what? I've got to say, what a great performance from the Broncos last night. Um, when you look at, you know, they didn't have Adam Reynolds and he's their marquee signing. Um, playing against Adam Reynolds' old side in the Rabbitohs, who, you know what, take away Adam Reynolds. They're still the same side. You know, I know they don't have Latrell Mitchell, but he's been suspended, uh, and he'll be back shortly. But for me, I was probably disappointed in the attack of the Rabbitohs. However, the you know the defensive effort from the Broncos again. I, I don't think the Broncos can go. Uh, uh, will find themselves in the top eight this year. I think it was a great performance last night, but I don't think they can find themselves in the top eight. I think as the season goes on. Um, we'll see them slowly sit down. But look, an outstanding effort uh, to get off to the start of the season the way they did uh, against a very strong South Sydney side. Uh, Butes, just back to Isaiah Yo. So you would have played with and against some of the best lock forwards of all time in rugby league history. I dare say when you represented New South Wales and Australia, there might have been Brad Clyde still floating around. Yeah, uh, 100%. And uh, look, Isaiah Yo is a different player to Brad Clyde. And Brad Clyde was probably similar to the role that Tamalolo plays. You know, back in those days, the back row didn't have the ball skills that they have now. And, you know, you look at the likes of a Cameron Murray, a Jake Trebojevic, um, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah Yeo. Yeah. They've all got that ability to go to the line, 
but they can also hit the ball up when they need to. And, and he's got a size and presence about him that he can actually bend the line back when he when he does run with the ball. But he's very selective about when he does it, uh, and he's very smart about when he does it. And for me, just his combination the other night with uh, O'Sullivan was outstanding. And this guy come in, you know, you, you're filling in for Nathan Cleary. It's no easy task. But I think the big thing, and this for me is probably what's been the big difference for O'Sullivan uh, on Thursday night compared to other teams and other squads that he's been a part of, he knew what his role was, right? And because he had other players around him that knew their job and their responsibility, he could just focus on what he had to do. Yeah, it's interesting, Butte. So I feel like a lot of commentators, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Melbourne. There's also talk about the Roosters. And I feel like they almost feel like the Premiers, you know, won't go back to back. And... They showed on Thursday night that they've got that next man up philosophy. Well, mate, again, I look at it, whatever they've put in place over the last couple of years in terms of their resilience, their willingness to work for each other, their defensive, like their line speed is phenomenal. Their contact is ferocious. And it actually just prevents the opposition teams from going forward. And, and you know what? Their kick chase was amazing the other day in the sense that they put the ball up to Saab, to Garrick, uh, to Trebojevic. And I guarantee you, as soon as they took the ball, there was two or three players around them. They couldn't make three or four metres because of the ch- kick chase and the pressure they were applying. So suddenly, you know, we found ourselves in a situation where they were playing the ball on the 10, 15 metre line, whereas the Panthers, when they got the ball, we're playing at 30, 40 metres out. So they're in, in a position to attack straight away. Hey, by the way, Butes, I spent almost 12 hours in the car yesterday oh. on my way back from Toowoomba. Had a fantastic time up there with the team at Mate, NRG Services. Have you heard of planes? Uh, look, uh, Steve-O likes, likes to control his own destiny. Yeah, gotcha. Road trip, eh? Nothing <laughs> yeah. like a road trip. Oh, well, I stopped on the Gold Coast and spent some time with family and friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had an awesome time up there. I'd like to talk through the show about what they do, this business... Uh, for the mental well-being of their team. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I should say, it ain't weak to speak. Uh, Congratulations to Dan Brisky and his team. Not only did I spend the day with them, but I also went to a function where they spoke to young leaders about mental well-being. So I can't congratulate them enough. And I know our next guest has had quite a lot to do with mental well-being as well at the Newcastle Knights and also with the New South Wales Rugby League. I think it's a standing O oh, for a former definitely. former New South Wales captain, Kirk Gidley. Good morning, mate. G'day, boys. How you going? Yeah, we're well. Now, first and foremost, I think you're on the coast for some kind of promotional tour for Steel City. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, down at the entrance hotel this afternoon, uh, obviously the Knights and the Roosters kicking off uh, at 3 o'clock today. And, uh, and there's, uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a background on Steel City. So there's myself... Uh, Andrew Johns, Matthew Johns, Denny Medeiros, uh, who are co-founders of Steel City Beer Company, so decent crew. And there's uh, a few of our best surfing mates, um, ex-surfer Matt Hoy, uh, current surfer Ryan Callan, who's on the tour, and uh, world free surfer uh, Craig Anderson. So we're all uh, passionate Nova Castrians and obviously uh, don't mind a beer, so we thought, why not? <laughs> this is the problem, Kurt. <laughs> You've got all these blokes involved, and they're going to drink all the profits, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was one of the dangers when we when we started piecing this together. But I tell you what, some of the um, some of the taste testing and getting the recipe right that that was definitely enjoyable. 
Um, but I, we do have a limit on how much free beer we <laughs> hand out to the co-founder. <laughs> yeah, good idea, mate. Good idea. Mate, the Knights taking on the Roosters today, mate. It's uh, no mean feat for them. Uh, but um, I guess they've been working hard during the off-season. And uh, what are your expectations, uh, not only for today's game, but for the season for the Knights? Yeah, for sure, mate. The Roosters always you know, sit at the top there and always one of the teams. Uh, that, are, that are there at the end. So they'll, they'll be tough again. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we've got Tedesco out the back there. Um, that's always going to be a challenge to contain him. But look, first game of the year, everyone's obviously had a, a big off-season and feeling fit and healthy and strong. Uh, and the Knights boys are, are definitely feeling the same. I, I, I was lucky enough to be part of a couple of um, club debutant uh, presentations yesterday. So the old boys, Newcastle, uh, the once-a-night old boys, we, we present any, any new guy who's playing... His, his club debut with a with a cap. Uh, we had the, the great Ian Mark Sargent present those to Adam Clune and Leo Thompson yesterday. So, you know, that always stirs a bit of emotion. Um, it's always a pretty intimate environment. And uh, I know I know Clooney has been um, has been one of the standout uh, trainers all off season. And I know Joey's been working really closely with him. So, and I think um, you know having Joey back involved and working with Kalen has been a real positive as well. Mate, they get to play at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I don't know whether you ever got the chance. I never got the opportunity to play there. I did warm up on numerous occasions on the field and, you know, just love the fact that, um, you know, the history behind the ground itself. But what a great um, occasion and a great um, opportunity for these young players to go out on that uh, the hallowed turf of the Sydney Cricket Ground. Oh, for sure, Boots. Mate, I played one game there and it's, uh, it's, it's one of my frame jumpers in my, in my bar. It was a centennial yep. test in 2008. And uh, I come off the bench for for the Australian team. And uh, if you remember the remember the jersey was um, striped in sky blue and maroon. Uh, yes, was that was the, the Greek. Was that the Greg Inglis? Yeah, Mark Gazzini. Yeah, 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 Mark Gazzini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mate, I'm you know, really lucky to play at the Sydney Cricket Ground once in my career. And uh, and mate, for these boys, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, playing at any new stadium, and certainly one that sort of the history lock does at the um, the SCG. You know, that that that's a uh, that just gives you some enthusiasm, and it's any time you're under fatigue, you know, you have a quick look around where you are, and it um, certainly picks you back up again and, and uh, makes you makes you get on with what's what's happening in the game. So big occasion for for the players, and and uh, up against the Roosters there, uh, mate. They've just got to stick to what the process is and make sure their completions are high and defend are really strong and working hard because that's what you've got to do against the Roosters. Yeah, uh, I actually did the uh, official presentation uh, that night after that game, and I, I still remember. I think it's one of the most freakish tries I've ever seen yeah. uh, in rugby league history. Hey, Kurt, uh, just tell us, mate. I know you've got the Australian Pale Ale, but what else uh, are you guys working on? What will be released in the next twelve months? I'm also looking. You got some really cool merch, which is available on the website, and also tell us more about uh, what's happening down the pub. Can anyone on the Central Coast rock up today? Mate, everyone on the Central Coast can hop up today if you want to come down. Uh, yeah, but look, we've, we've, uh, we've just ticked over 12 months to City Beer Company, so we went to market with a lager, which was uh, received really well. Uh, then sort of August, you know, it was sort of an unfortunate time. We, we went into lockdown, but we released our pale ale, which is the blue can. Um, and, the, you know, the bottle sales went really well during lockdown. Uh, but uh, we're, it's a pretty exciting next few weeks. We've, we've, we've got our mid-strength going to market, so... Again, we've got our lager, our pale ale, and our mid-strength, and um, and we're going to be at the um, at the night home games for the first first few home games. So, yeah, it's been a big big 12 months, first 12 months to to release a beer company, but um, 
uh, we've come through it you know, reasonably well. Obviously, hospitality's been knocked around, but um, it's exciting times ahead for us. Yeah, I've got so a double whammy. Out, I'll be, I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the, yeah. uh, the entrance hotel from roughly 2 o'clock and stick around, shout a few beers, have a chat, and uh, watch the nights run around at 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I've got a double whammy for you here. Uh, Butes and I were talking off the air. What's more important? Representing Newcastle at McDonald Jones Stadium or the old uh, Marathon Stadium, representing New South Wales, representing Australia, or running your own beer company? And and the second part of this question, the second part of the question, are you hoping to emulate Mick Fanning with Bolter and sell this baby in a couple of years' time for half a billion? <laughs> yeah, well, gee, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, look, we, we didn't get into it to start with. Because we wanted a short-term, you know, success. That's for sure. It wasn't about uh, making a dollar. You know, we're, we're we're passionate about you know our town, Newcastle. We're all, as I said, we're all, um, uh, you know, really passionate Novacastrians, and we we wanted a, a beer company that represented the town. Obviously, the name and, and the if you have a look at some of the videos that we've done and the merchandise it does, it, you know, plays on the the history and the culture of what Newcastle was built on. So, yeah, that that was the first key part that we wanted to get right and uh and obviously um uh you know to make a dollar along the way be, would be handy but that's that's not that's not the main purpose we want to we want people to enjoy our, our product and be proud of what they're drinking and what they're wearing when they're wearing the merchandise so it'll be you know another great moment for me will be we're drinking our own beer um at the stadium next <laughs> next sunday afternoon so, so I'll, I'll, I'll have i'll have a tear at that day <laughs> we won't see scenes of uh, Lake Park back in the early 80s or late 80s where they were throwing cans. That's a great way to promote your, uh, your beer. Yeah, good tip. I might, um, I might get around and flick, flick a few people at 100 bucks each to throw some cans on the field. Mate, it's a great marketing ploy, mate. Yeah, and if, if you've yeah. got tears, will you be saying that it's better than Lego? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can certainly play on some of the... Um, some of the history of the Johns Boys interviews over the years, so there, there may be there may be uh, some of those some of those clips from over the years um, uh, brought back to life, maybe. Yeah, mate, exciting times. You know, obviously, first game of the season, Caelan uh, Ponga is back, and you know, there's no doubt um, a lot of, I guess, the Knights. Uh, where they end up this year rest on his shoulders. He's got the captaincy role. Um, he's been at the club now for quite a few years now and you know I think he's at that time where that responsibility and that role uh, needs to be you know taken you know with both hands on his part and um, really shine uh, for this young side who I guess has uh, you know what I like the way they look you know in terms of their back row you got Frizzell, Fitzgibbon, uh, Kurt Mann at, at lock there and probably plays a similar role to you know, the likes of a, a Victor Radley, the likes of a Jake Trebojevic, where he can go forward when he needs to, but has got the ability to play a bit of football, which seems the way the locks are playing these days. Yeah, for sure. On the, on the first part, I'm, you know, I'm really happy for Carlin. It's, um, it's a proud moment to be to be named as Newcastle Knights captain. And, you know, I've spent a lot, of, a lot of years being captain. I'm really proud about that. Um, it does come with some extra responsibilities, but I think that's, that's great. That's probably what Carlin... Um, is at the stage of his career at the moment where you know that extra responsibility uh, will hopefully squeeze a bit more a bit more out of him. Um, and I think definitely having Joey here during the off season um, working with Kayla, I think I heard a comment from Joey the other day um, that uh, that 
he's uh, that he hasn't seen the best of Carlin yet, and I think that's a that's a fair fair statement coming from Joey. If he's saying that, uh, which is which is great to hear. We all obviously know how how talented Carlin is and how, how tough and brave he is. But um, if Joey's saying that he can squeeze a bit more out of him, then then that's great. So hopefully we can see that this year. Yeah, mate. Look, we appreciate your time, mate. We've got to go to a break. Uh, but, look, good luck with the Steel City Brewing Company. Really excited. And, and hopefully people that are out there today can head down to the entrance hotel at 2 p.m., uh, grab a beer. Yep. It's Gidley Shout, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, and uh, they can get to see the Knights play against the Roosters. For sure, boys. See everyone there at 2 o'clock. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome, mate. Deserves another well standing O. Well what, what about the consortium? I mean, uh, oh, wow. you've got the eighth immortal. You've got a bunch of premiership winners. You've got some boys off the world surfing tour. I'll just call them. They could have called it Big Dog. How, how do we get involved? Oh, mate. Well, I think we've got to buy some stuff. That's what we've got to do. Look, I don't know whether Kurt's still there, but there was talk uh, in the last 24 hours, high-level talks, yes. I should add, that maybe Steel City becomes the official beer of Saturdays on the coast on SEN. There you go. Why not? Kurt wanted to know a number. That was his first response. What's the number? Well, we, let's get his people to talk to our people. Yeah, and we don't want to sell ourselves short. No, we do not. Uh, Saturdays on the coast on SEN every weekend from 9 till 11. Off to a short break. Back in a few moments. Don't forget after 10 o'clock this morning, big day fairly. And you know, on SEN recently, he got voted the captain of the big-headed football <laughs> team. The man with the biggest melon of all time coming up on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, and a pleasure to be with you on this beautiful Saturday on the Central Coast. And nice to be back home after spending a couple of days in southeast Queensland, in Toowoomba, actually. Fantastic town, Buttes. Been a long time since I've been there and thoroughly impressed. And talking to some of the locals, you know, a rich rugby league nursery, no doubt about that. And, of course, Stephen Price, one of their great exports who played with Canterbury-Bankstown and also uh, the New Zealand Warriors. Mm. JT went to school there. Um, you know, from that neck of the woods, I think they kind of claim Wayne Bennett, who spent time a little further west. Is the Waters boys from there or no? Uh, they're Ipswich. Ipswich, gotcha, okay. Yeah, but I think it's kind of within their, I mean, it's within their casting net, so around about an hour away, so they claim them. Gotcha, fair <laughs> enough. Why not? Why wouldn't you? But, Why wouldn't uh, you? Butes, how's the week been for you? I know, I know you want to discuss a couple of things on the air today, and I don't want to throw you under the bus, but... Uh, it's been a really tough week for the Butner family. Yeah, it's been a tough week. My nephew unfortunately passed away with a in a motorcycle accident, and uh, yeah, he's only been you know 18 years of age and um, just so inexperienced on a on a motorbike. But uh, and it concerns me that you know we put these young kids in a position where um, they do a two day course out in a car park and with no real experience on the road, and you know. When you've got your car license, you've got to do 120 hours of driving with someone beside you, all right, before you actually get out there. And in a car, you've got a bit of armory around you to protect you if you do happen to get in an accident. But all it takes is a two-day course, and suddenly, you know, you're out on the road. And if you haven't been brought up on bikes, then not only are you trying to adjust to learning how to ride a bike, but you've got all these other factors around you in terms of other drivers, learning how to ride the bike itself, which isn't an easy process. Um, and, 
you know, the conditions, I guess, earlier this week and what's happened in the last two weeks with the rain and the water and all those things. And, yeah, it was just a, a horrible week and a, uh, well, horrible 24, 48 hours where, you know, just a, a shame that um, a, a life that's so young and, and so much to look forward to just gone so quickly. Um, so you're saying he, he got his licence and then pretty much he's had an accident straight away. Two weeks. He's, he's been riding a bike for two weeks. And again, it's for me, I think there just needs to be something done in relation to how we monitor these young kids. And, and I get it's not going to be, I don't think one rule fits all. What I do believe is that there are kids that have been brought up on bikes their whole life out in the country, you know, in the city or whatever it may be. But, you know, you've got to be able to prove your um, ability, your capabilities on a bike. Uh, and, mate, this is, you know, the thing about a bike, and, Steve, I got my licence, and same thing happened. I went and brought a motorbike, right? Mate, I'd never ridden a bike. Well, I'd hardly ridden a bike in my whole life. I would go buy a bike. I put a little sticker on the back that says an L-plate. Yeah. And away I go. And, like, I've got 30 years of driving experience. Yes. So I'm more conscious about what's going on. And I've got this understanding about, you know, things to look for and factors that, you know, all these possible scenarios that could go wrong. But I'm still trying to understand how to ride a motorbike. Yeah. Right? I, I feel like you just need eyes in the back of your head if you're on a bike. Yeah. And a lot of the time I feel like it's the bike rider is rarely at fault. How, I guess you could ask every single driver, have they had a close encounter with a motorbike? And they'd probably say yes because of a mistake they made. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, they're easily missed and, you know, the... the they don't have a great deal of protection. They've yeah. got a helmet on. But outside of that, there's not a great deal of protection. And you know what? It's just a, a real – look, for me, I think – like I said, I feel compelled to actually do something about this because, you know, I've lost someone uh, dear to me and uh, dear to obviously my sister. And, um, you know, I couldn't imagine walking a day in her shoes, her and her husband uh, and her family. You know, he's had, you know, four other siblings. Um, what they're going through over the – or what they've been through over the last 48 hours and what they're going to go through over the next couple of weeks, you know, you can only imagine how so hard that will be. Have you had time to formulate any kind of plan that you'd like to see implemented? Uh, look, I think it's probably more about, A, getting some stats together in terms of, you know, the amount of accidents for young children uh, on motorbikes and young teenagers or whatever it may be, inexperienced riders, uh, and seeing which way we go about this, who we need to address this to, because I, I seriously believe... Uh, and whilst, you know, it's not something that I'd considered or thought about previously, uh, it's definitely something that, for me, um, now that I've uh, seen the consequences and the fatal consequences and the impact that that has on people's lives, um, uh, you know, I just don't want to see this sort of stuff happen again. And I know it will, unfortunately, but I think if we can try and address it or to make it that little bit harder for, for young men who... Um, you know, when they get out on the road, they're bulletproof and, you know, they're not necessarily thinking straight. And we all know that, you know, the male brain doesn't um, uh, grow and develop until, you know, you're 23, 24. So just that inexperience is, you know, unfortunately cost a young man yeah, uh, I, I feel a lot for of time you, mate. on this planet. As soon as you uh, pulled up this morning, this morning, I knew something was wrong. Uh, I remember Doug Mulray, the great breakfast announcer. Yep. He did a, a, an ad for motorbikes, and it was look left, look right, look bike. Yep. And yesterday, I was playing some tunes on the motorway, and you know, I, I was really conscious of, you know, don't be too relaxed, because you never know what could happen. Yep. And 
thankfully, you know, I didn't see too many motorbikes on the motorway. But, uh, you know, that's something you've always got to be mindful of, and particularly blind spots. Yes, Definitely, so, mate, definitely. Oh, mate, our sincere condolences on behalf of all of our listeners to your sister and the, the extended family. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Mate, uh, what a tough week. So we're off to the news. We'll come back in a few moments. We'll talk about the Central Coast Sports Awards, which are coming up in just a week's time. Simon Smythe will join us on Saturdays on the Coast. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. Live at Shelley Beach, overlooking the 18th, and also we're overlooking the first tee here, the beautiful par 5. Mm. Course looks good, despite all the rain that we've had recently. Buta... The NRL back on, my friend, and a win to the reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers, against the Manly Sea Eagles in Thursday night footy. Uh, we just heard Kirk Idley. He's excited about this afternoon. They're back at the SCG yeah. Knights up against the Sydney Roosters. The last couple of weeks, as you know, I've done the NRLW. And last week, I've never seen more atrocious conditions than the final game of the day at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. But I will say... That Brisbane Broncos women's team, they are a juggernaut. They're led good, by, aren't they? Led by Ali Brigginshaw. Yeah, they are outstanding. And, I, you know, the only other game that I think in terms of worst conditions was a game over in Perth, Rabbitohs versus I don't know who it was, and there was pools of water all over the place. Uh, that's the only other time... And obviously the other time was when it was snowing down in blood in Canberra. It was Balmain or West Tigers versus Canberra. I remember that. And I, like I would have hated to have played in those conditions. Yeah, apart from uh, Ali Brigginshaw, who's, who I'm going to speak to on my podcast in the yep. next week. But uh, Millie Boyle, wow. You know, you might have watched her on SAS. Yeah, yeah. And she's been a powerhouse on that show. But she's leading the way up front along with Chelsea Lenarduzzi. And they are just a superb rugby league team. So well done to Brisbane. Uh, of course, last night we saw the Broncos men winners at Suncorp Stadium. What stood out for me, Buttes, was the atmosphere. It was pumping in the Queensland capital last night. And what a win for Kevy Walters and his team. Does his son retain his spot next week? Well, you'd probably... Well, that'd be an interesting call. Um, you know, again, you're bringing in... Uh, Adam Reynolds, who was their marquee signing, he's their club captain. So where he fits into the whole equation, he'll obviously play halfback. Albert Kelly had a strong game, strong performance. And, of course, you know, where little Billy Walters fits in to the whole equation, he might find himself on the bench. But, uh, look, you know what, it's a nice position to be in. Uh, probably not a nice position as the father when you've got to <laughs> drop your son after a win. So I don't envy uh, Kevy Walters in that position. But nevertheless, I'm sure he's prepared his son for what's coming and that'll be all okay. It's part of professional sport. Hey, let's go back to the studio for a moment and a nice warm Saturday welcome as he turns his microphone on to Adam Staples, who steers the ship. Mate, good morning. How have you been? Yeah, morning, gents. A uh, little bit down after the result last night, but uh, <laughs> looking forward to um, you know the rest of the round and it's great to have the footy back. Yeah, well, it's the post-Adam Reynolds era, isn't it? And yeah. the South Sydney Rabbitohs, new coach as well, with Wayne Bennett moving on. And Adam, did you say to us you've got some audio you want to roll in? Yeah, just that, that field goal last night uh, from Kurt Capewell. Kurt was, Capewell. Was unbelievable. His first of his career. Might be his yep. last as well. Yeah, I, I don't think so. My son said <laughs> to me last night, he said, Dad, that's the sweetest hit field goal that he's ever seen. So let's roll in the audio. Zarko out the back for one point. Oh. Oh, he had to wait for it. Oh. It's on the bounce. 
Lawrence, he'll be trapped with it, will he? Throws a pass away. Okay, it's well. a shot from Kurt Capewell! Oh, my goodness me! Kurt Capewell! Welcome to Brisbane, an instant hero! Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't he it? He is a very good buy for the Broncos. He threw a great ball to Corey Oates, who scored in the corner uh, in that game, which was their second try. But he come of age over the last two or three seasons at Penrith, and in particular last year, he had that origin experience. And you can tell he's a no-frills player, but, gee, he's got a lot of strings to his bow. I tell you, Buttes, uh, people are raving about Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, yeah. Last night, I think Joey's saying he needs to go straight to full back for the Broncos. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, he's obviously got a lot of talent, but um, I, I like Jermaine Osaka. I like him as a player. I really do. And whether he's in the wing or fullback, that'll be for Kevin Walters to work out where Cobo goes. But for me, um, you know, they've got a lot of young players there that are certainly testing um, and, you know, going to, I guess you know, build a pretty good future for the Broncos further down the track. So time will tell where they put him and how they how that all plays out. Hey, Butes, also last night we saw a couple of debuts and one of them with the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Brad Schneider played in the seven mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Look like, uh, all the way back, I listened to Sugar and Sats. So uh, Joel Kane was calling with Scotty Sattler. Yep. They did a fantastic job last night and thoroughly enjoyed it on my drive home from Queensland. And uh, it sounded to me during their commentary that you know, both teams made mistakes. Some of them lack composure at those pivotal moments. And I got the impression that Cronulla were about to win their first game of the year under Craig Fitzgibbon. But somehow, the Raiders rally, and they do it with, an, I guess, you know, probably an unlikely hero. Yeah, Ryan Sutton, I think, was that scored the try. Um, and was it Sutton? No. no. Who's the other? Hudson. Yeah. Hudson, that's it. Hudson. That's Hudson Young. Hudson Young, that's it. There we go. Um, yeah, you know what? They had a good lead, the uh, the Raiders, and, and sort of gave that away um, towards the, the middle part of the, the second half. And to their credit, uh, you know, they got behind uh, after a field goal from Moylan uh, with seven minutes to go. But uh, you know what? I, I guess this is what Canberra can do, and it's probably what they've been able to do over the last four or five years. I don't know. Funny with Canberra, I believe they're a team that, you know, one year they're great, next year they're off. The following year, every second year they seem to be good. And last year was their off year. I've got a feeling that this year might be their year again where they're going to be competitive and put themselves in the running. I think a bit of turmoil off the field too, <laughs> yes. uh, which you might, you might know more than I do. Well, uh, but they were raving as well about Jack Whiten. They yeah. said he's never looked fitter. Hey, we need to go to a break here because Simon Smythe is waiting online. We'll come back with him in just a few moments, talk about the Sports Central Coast Awards, which are coming up next week. Text line 0477-736-736. Tell us. Tell us if you think the Panthers can go back-to-back premiers. Yeah. Because their performance the other night indicates to me they're going to be there or thereabouts. What else do you want the listeners to tell us? Well, if they don't think it's going to be the Panthers, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Parramatta? (laughs) Is Is it it going to be the Dragons? (laughs) Is it going to be the Bulldogs? Who knows? Tell us who you think are going to be the premiers in 2022. Forget about the trial form, but the Bulldogs are looking great at the moment. We're right in the hunt. Mate, they're only two points behind the... uh, the competition leaders at the moment. Yeah, we take on the North <laughs> Queensland Cowboys this weekend. We host the Broncos next week. 0477736736. The open line, 1300 42 15 33. And if you miss anything, there's always the catch-up podcast on the SEN app. Off to a break. Simon Smythe right after this. 
Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, beautiful morning at the golf course. We're overlooking the first. And uh, I tell you, it's been busy down here this morning. Uh, almost like it's like you can see that there's maybe a competition of some sort. Uh, I've seen some different shirts from... So maybe we'll get some intel off the golf club. Yeah, I think, mate, the other thing is people are just keen to get out. Like, they, you know, the golf courses have been closed. Everything's been closed over yep. the last couple of weeks with all the rain that we've had. Uh, and I've got to say, it's in great nick, the, uh, uh, the course. I find it unbelievable how well it looks. It's obviously very green. There's no doubt about that and lush. But uh, there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of water sitting anywhere. And, uh, you know, they've been able to mow it and, and trim it up and make it look fantastic. So. And, and Butte on my drive north, just a, another shout-out to everyone on the far north coast that's mm. listening. Uh, it was like an inland sea. Uh, for a while, I wasn't sure that I'd be able to even get to Queensland because, yeah. because of flooding. And I passed a lot of SES trucks yesterday. I heard there's the caravan convoy that's on their way up. There's a lot of Facebook posts from people on the central coast that have loaded up their trailers and are heading north with everything they've possibly got yep. to help these people out. Yeah, look, uh, absolute total devastation. Uh, and we can only, you know, we've seen the images on TV. We've seen the impact. Look, Tuesday here in Sydney was Armageddon. You know, you saw what happened at, you know, the northern beaches. Uh, and that's just a little pocket there yeah. that have been impacted. Like, there are, you know, towns, Lismore is just absolutely decimated. I heard Ray Hadley on the air on Tuesday say that in his entire time in Sydney radio at Piermont, He's never seen heavier rain at the studio yep. than on that day. And, you know, we're talking over two decades. Yep, absolutely phenomenal how it all played out. And I know that, you know, Australian Oztag have had to cancel the, the national championships up in Coffs Harbour next weekend just due to the fact that, A, there was, you know, an ethical thing. You know, there's people that have been affected here and have lost their livelihoods, uh, you know, lost their homes, <laughs> lost everything they own. Uh, but also, you know, there's more rain to come uh, in the next week. And, and that also happened with Surf Life Saving New South Wales. Yep. So I, I'd say that's almost unprecedented that they've called off their titles that were going to be held on Sydney's northern beaches. Hey, we need to get to this guy. We've kept him waiting way yeah, too yeah, long. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love the show, though. Yeah, uh, the great Simon Smythe joining us, chair of Sports Central Coast. Good morning, mate. The award's coming up in just a couple of weeks, the 24th, Thursday 24th at Gosford RSL. That's right. Morning, Steve. Morning, Boots. Always love the show. What a great time of year it is. It's, you know, the footy codes are back up and about. AFLW finals next week. We've got cricket in Pakistan starting today with the second test. And most, most importantly, Steve and Butes, we've got the Sport Central Coast Awards Night next Thursday, the 24th of March at Gosford RSL. And can't wait for this, Steve. You're obviously very much involved in seeing the event. And it's just a wonderful event. And what I've loved this year in particular is out of the more than 50 nominations for our, for our finalists with our categories, there's just so many different sports and active recreations um, involved. You know, you go from the more mainstream sports of, of rugby league and, and soccer and cricket, etc. And then you've got, you know, sports like the dragon boat racing and, uh, and cheerleading, etc. And it's just wonderful that all these sports can be recognised and celebrated for the people that, uh, that participate in them. 
Yeah, the broad range of sports is absolutely phenomenal. And we've seen that with the Danica Clark Foundation and, you know, our scholarship holders and, and what it means for people on the Central Coast, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, talk us through, Simon, some of the categories because uh, not only has there been uh, a broad range of categories, but there's also been a couple of new ones introduced. Yeah, absolutely, Butte. So, look, we've got the, the standard categories of volunteer of the year and, and coach of the year, team of the year, organisation of the year, event of the year. But the big one, the standing O, Steve, your trophy, the standing O trophy, the beautiful best trophy you will ever lay your eyes on, um, goes to our sports person of the year. And there's just some wonderful, um, wonderfully talented athletes. And we, we punch about above our weight here on the Central Coast. When you look around the world and you see, you know, we've got Olympic athletes, we've got Winter Olympians and people performing on the international stage. And they will be there at Gosford RSL to fight it out for the Sports Person of the Year. But Butes, the new award that I really love this year is the Community Sports Person of the Year. Mm -hmm. Because what we've found over the last couple of years, you've got your international Olympic stars going for Sports Person of the Year, fighting up against you know your local heroes, your local rugby league players, your local netballers, your local golfers, um, who do wonderful things and achieve such extraordinary feats here on the Central Coast, but are never going to weigh up to being able to beat an international athlete who's competed on the world's biggest stage. So that new award of the Community Sports Person of the Year is the one that I'm really looking forward to this year because that's what it's about. It's about grassroots athletes here on the Central Coast showcasing their skills and being rewarded and celebrated. So I can't wait to see who wins that award this year for the first time. Yeah, and I love what you talk about in terms of the... You know, when you talk about the sports person of the year, uh, and, you know, you can rattle off some of the names, Simon, but, you know, when you look at the calibre of athlete that we have here, uh, the likes of, you know, Nicola McDermott, who won a silver medal uh, at the recent uh, Tokyo Olympics. We've got Matt Graham, who competed at the Winter Olympics. We've got Molly Picklam, who's currently working, oh, sorry, uh, surfing in the, uh, what do they call it? The, the World Tour. World Tour. Um, like, and that's just a few of them. Like, it's yeah. just absolutely phenomenal. Talk us through some of the other sports people of the year and, and what they do. Like, it's just amazing the caliber of athlete that we have here on the coast. Oh, it is phenomenal. I know back over the years we've had you know athletes who have you know represented in the in the um, NRLW etc. And it's just yep. wonderful. I mean, Matt Graham was our sports person of the year last year after sort of um, coming into the awards period being number one in the world. And, and the year before that, as you mentioned, it's Nicola McDermott. She's just picked up silver at last year's Olympics. And she's just gone from strength to strength since then and, and working towards the Commonwealth Games. So those athletes are just absolutely elite and they always battle it out. They're always at the top there uh, fighting against each other for this prestigious standing O award. Um, and yeah, can't wait to see who wins that one. But as I said, we punch above our weight here on the Central Coast. We have got such phenomenal athletes, and it's just a credit to the to the sports and active recreation community of the Central Coast, all the people who volunteer, who, who turn the snags on the barbecues, who coach, who parents who take their kids to training because one day they could grow up to be a Matt Graham, to be a Nicola McDermott, to be a Mariners player, um, and that's absolutely what we want. We want local heroes that we can role model here on the Central Coast. Yeah, well said, Simon. Uh, we're talking to Simon Smythe, chair of Sports Central Coast, heavily involved, of course, uh, in the AFL and the a AFLW on the Central Coast and also in Newcastle and, and around regional New South Wales. Hey, uh, boys, I just want to throw this out there because I got a text from Steve Graham, Matt's dad, recently, and you saw that Matt was devastated on national TV 
when he didn't reach his expectations at the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. But Steve says since the Games, Matt's actually found out that the doctors have said his collarbone didn't have time to heal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he's going to have a, a further operation. And so... Basically, it was all too rushed, and he never stood a chance in the first place. Uh, we could probably see that his first time back on the snow. Uh, so our best wishes go to Matt Graham. But uh, sounds like it all happened a little too quickly. Oh, look, you know what? I've got to say, you probably you're chasing the dream. Though. If, you're, if you're finding yourself in that situation, he was the the reigning silver medalist. And you know what? You're going to do anything you can to get back on the slopes and get over there and compete. And, you know, time is irrelevant. You're just going to go, get me out there. And unfortunately, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. You can look back and go, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done it. Whatever it is, right? But he's got time now. Get the surgery. Get the rehab that he needs. Allow that time to heal. And then he can focus on going forward and looking forward to another stellar couple of years ahead of him as he looks towards the next Olympics. Hey, Simon, you mentioned uh, or, or tickets on sale for next week for the 24th. Yeah, tickets on sale, Steve. So um, jump onto www.sportscentralcoast.org.au for all the information about the sports awards. So, yeah, we want lots of... I mean, as I said, we've got over 50 finalists who have been recognised here. So we want all those people to come along. We want their fans, their family, their friends, their teammates um, to come along and support them and cheer them on because uh, they might be crowned Sportsperson of the Year, Volunteer of the Year. They might have run Event of the Year. They might be involved in Club of the Year. So tickets are on sale and we normally sell it out. We normally get 180, 200 people in there at the beautiful room at Gosford RSL. So very much looking forward to a packed house and being able to celebrate with all the wonderful people here we've got on the Central Coast. I think one of, for me, one of the most uh, prestigious awards is the Volunteer Award. And uh, I know that there's plenty of nominees in that category, and justifiably so. And you almost wish that you could give each and every one of them an award because the work, the time, the effort that these people put in to their sporting organisations is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I think it's great that they've been uh, recognised, Simon. So congratulations to you and your team uh, for amazing effort uh, and work that you do in recognising not only the athletes but also the organisations, the events uh, and the volunteers because they've done an amazing job. No, thank you, Boots. It's a great call-out. The volunteers, we can't do it without them. The volunteers, the coaches, the officials. Um, and, you know, that volunteer of, the award, uh, volunteer of the Year Award, as you said, mate, is, is one of the most prestigious ones. And, and it's often... And Steve does a great job up there on stage. You know, the crowd... <laughs> you bet he does. Um, we, we really celebrate. We really celebrate that Volunteer of the Year. And we, we celebrate all of the nominees and the finalists for that award because we wouldn't be here doing the things we love without them. Yeah, and we're going uh, with a co-host set up in 2022. Mm. I think Jess Grimwood will be up there with, uh, with me. The understudy. Yes. Hey, uh, thank you, mate. We've got to go. We're running uh, late for the news. Uh, we'll talk soon, Simon. Have a great Saturday, guys. Simon Smythe, Chair of Sports Central Coast. Off to the news. Back soon with Big Dave Fairley. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. Beautiful day at Shelley Beach Golf Course. We thank them for having us uh, on a Saturday morning overlooking the 18th and also the 1st. I've seen some glorious tee shots this morning, Buttes. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of putts coming up here on the 18th. Uh, the text line, by the way, 0477 736 736. 
What are your thoughts, Butes? Who's going to be in the grand final, the big dance in 2022? Well, what I, from what I saw on Thursday night, the Panthers, without Nathan Cleary, were outstanding. And uh, there's no reason why they can't put themselves in their third grand final uh, in succession. Uh, whether they can go back-to-back, back, time will tell, but they are certainly in good form. And, and you know, that would be an enormous feat. Yeah. If they could make three grand finals in succession. Hey, what about the next guy? He's waiting on the line. North Sydney legend. Yeah, he scored 36 tries in his time at North Sydney. Try scoring machine. Newcastle Knights, where he had an amazing season. In fact, got their player of the year. St. Helens. He's in their team of the century. That's how good this guy is. Right, he played one season from and he's still in the team of the century. That's how good he is. But more important than any of that, he made SEN's big-headed team <laughs> for the players with the biggest melons of all time. In fact, he's the captain. Captain. Big day, fairly. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> no, he's just dropped out. That's okay. There's nothing like a good introduction. That was nothing like it. Could you imagine, you know, when they're... You know, when you get your cap, like as a you know Australian cricketer or whatever it may be, could you imagine the caps they would have to make <laughs> and how much material they would have to use for the team of big heads? Because, my goodness, they would, wow, they would well, use some material. What was, Dave, as we're getting back on the line, what was he like to play with during those North Sydney days? He was such a big man. Such a big man, like you know, his stature, his presence on the field. He was strong. He had the big left arm carry, the right arm fend, and he was just hard to bring down. He's Villiam and Kikau, today's version, right? He's yeah, just a powerhouse. And, and you know what? When you've got someone that big running at the halves and the five eights, it's bloody hard to bring him down. And he, Would he say much in the dressing room? No, nah, he was very quiet. He, you know, he just let his footy do the talking. That, that was Dave Fairley. He wasn't a big talker. Uh, he was a good trainer. Um, but just when in the big games, he just stood up and delivered. So who's the players at North Sydney that are you know, kind of trying to rally the troops? Our talkers. Churchillian-style speeches. Uh, look, our talkers, obviously, JT was one of them. Greg Florimo was one of those guys that you'd get behind. Billy Moore was a big one as well. Um, Gary Larson would try. But with his deep voice like that, he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't hear him that well. <laughs> but, it's a good impersonation. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, what about yourself? And when does when do you feel like a player finds their voice? Uh, I think for me, I was for my first couple of seasons, I was just happy to be along those type of players. And I learned a, a hell of a lot as a player with that group of players. But, um, you know, I, I think I probably started to find my voice you know, about 98, 99, I felt more comfortable, more confident uh, in my position, my standing within that uh, group. Uh, and then, you know, as I went to Parramatta in 01 and 02, and then ultimately 03 and 04 at West Tigers, I was, you know, a, a more experienced uh, senior player who, you know, I felt really comfortable being able to, you know, let players know what my expectations were, what I wanted from them, etc., and you know what sort of standards we wanted to set as a team, not only at training but also on the field. So I mentioned about some of the players at the Raiders last night that made their debut, including their seven, Brad Schneider, mm. who thought he did an outstanding job. Young man, what a moment, and to win the game as well. And I think the player that made the tackle late in the match... Uh, for the Canberra Raiders, was also on debut. Tom Starling played last night, Central Coast boy out of the King Cumber yep. Colts. Uh, had a fantastic game and also set up a try with a beautiful grubber. Yeah, they, look, they, 
they were smart last night, Canberra, and they played a lot of good football, as did Cronulla. You know, I saw the tries this morning, and there was a lot of uh, exciting play and, and a lot of well-executed plays that worked really well and effectively. And uh, for me, you know, both those sides, and I think Cronulla, they'll be disappointed with that loss. Um, but I think, you know, they've got a, a big year ahead of them. I have no doubt about that. That is very hard for Craig Fitzgibbon, his first ever game as head coach. And he's in the, virtual, <laughs> in, in the virtual coaching box. Out with COVID, unbelievable. But, um, yeah. you know, he's going he's to do a great job there at hey, the Sharks. By the way, the player that made the tackle was James Schiller. And my question to you, Butes, tell us about your debut. Is it vivid? Mate, you know what? It was so long ago now. Like, we're talking 30 years ago. 92, I made my debut. Round four against the Roosters. And, uh, look, I was overawed. I was overwhelmed. I was, you know, out of my depth. No doubt about it. Right? Um, but it was a great experience. We, we ended up getting towed up, I'm pretty sure. But um, it was, I guess, a culmination of all the hard work and, you know, a hell of a lot of luck. I was only 18 at the time. I'd, you know, basically three or four months earlier, just got back from the Australian Schoolboys tour uh, to England, where I captained that side, uh, and yeah, it was. I wasn't expecting to be playing first grade. I can assure you uh, of that. But you know, things just fell. Well, the universe, the planets were aligned. Whatever it may have been, yeah. and I got my opportunity. Peter Sterling got injured. Uh, I made my debut the following week, and uh, I, to this day, claim that I who, was, who was taps, the man. Who taps you on the shoulder and says you're up, Mick? Mick Cronin and Ron Massey. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretty, <laughs> yeah. Some pretty uh, big names at Parramatta and, you know, in the coaching ranks. Uh, Ron Massey and his experience, uh, obviously, been alongside Jack Gibson. But, yeah, they, they're the ones that gave me the opportunity. And, um, thankfully, I delivered and was able to have a, a long career with all that. So, Adam, back at headquarters, trying to get big Dave Fairley. We might move forward to Tory Pendergast and try to get uh, Dave Fairley a little later in the show. What are your thoughts about some of the games that are coming up? So... The Warriors against St. George Illawarra also today. That's the game at 5.30. Dragons, you would have loved their form out at Mudgee in the Charity Shield. I think they won that for the first time in a decade. Yeah. What, what impressed me the most was just their, their defence late in the match when the game was still in the balance. And uh, they'll take plenty of confidence into round one. Yeah, they will. And I have no doubt that there's plenty of Dragon supporters who are very, very excited and uh, about their team's prospects, as are all the Parramatta supporters. And I know we've got a few texts that have come through already. One from Bluey, a.k.a. the <laughs> Narc, who <laughs> says again and again and again that this year will be Parramatta's year. It's been 36 years for the Eels fans. So they've uh, been very, very patient. Uh, but, look, the Dragons, they... Look, I'm not so sure about the Dragons. Look, I think they're, I think they've got, you know, they've re-signed coach uh, Anthony Griffin, which I find really interesting after a couple of trial matches. But nevertheless, that's the way they've gone about it. Uh, they've got some exciting young players, and I guess that's probably the big thing and the big plus for these uh, Dragon supporters. Tyrone Sloan at the back, Cody Ramsey on the wing, uh, Zach Lomax, who I think is an absolute superstar, uh, and over the years, we'll probably see him become one of the best, if not the best, centre in the game. I have no doubt about that. Ben Hunt, who, you know, has been much maligned. However, you know what? I think he has delivered well and truly for the Dragons over the last couple of years. Aaron Woods, former Bulldogs and West Tigers, Sharks player. He's there, so that bolsters their front row. Yeah, Butes, I think the key to this match, uh, particularly for the Warriors, is how the halves combine. So you've got Cody Nicarima and SJ. Sean Johnson... 
has gone to the Warriors. He's gone and back. He's gone back home. And what it means is they've moved Chanel Harris Tavita out of the halves back to fullback. Yeah. So, you know, they lose Roger. Roger Tuivasa Shek. Big shoes to fill in it. But he's a great player. Chanel Harris Tavita. They've also picked up Dallin Watanay Zalesniak. So yeah. if he gets back to his best form, then uh, I certainly like the look of it. And of course, they got a giant forward pack. Oh, they certainly do. You know, the likes of Fanua Blake, uh, Bunty Afoa, uh, you know, the Jazz Tavunga running Tavunga. off the bench. Yeah, yeah. You know what? They've got a solid, a solid forward pack, and um, I think they're going to be a force. I like Bailey Sirenin and his impact that he has off the bench. So they're going to uh, bring a lot to uh, this side. Look, they're going to be. Um, Sean Johnson's going to be interesting. He's. He, for me, is just one of those players. He's Benji Marshall-like. He's just absolutely brilliant when he is at his best, and he makes football look so easy. Kalen Ponga does likewise. These type of players, and it's almost the expectation that every time they touch the ball, that they should be able to do that. But their brilliance is that high, you can't maintain that standard right, for the whole time. And that's where they come in and out of games. They come in and out of the competition week after week. They're not that consistent. But because their brilliance is so high, mate, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Cause if, if, if SJ has a good year... Oh, the Warriors the, will be in the eight. Yeah, absolutely. Simple as that. Maybe the bottom half of the eight. Yep. It's, you know, Nathan Brown's, if he can get that consistency that they've, they've always needed. I know they're playing a new style of footy this year and they're looking to, you know, use a little tip on. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how effective it can be for them. Um, that's a little bit of intel that I've got. But I just do know that they're looking to play a little bit more football with their forwards. So hey, that'll be interesting. About to go to our next break. Buttes, uh, your old team, the West Tigers versus the Storm. Do you give them any chance? And let's not forget... Storm have never lost a round one under Bellamy. Yeah, uh, look, I don't see any reason why they're about to start that uh, uh, losing streak or to end that winning streak, to be honest with you. Um, Nick Meaney in at 5'8", the former Bulldogs player. Jerome Hughes, I think, is uh, a big a big um, X factor for the, the Storm, and he, he proved last year how effective he can be. Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith at dummy half. Um, uh, he's a great player. Look, uh, just not enough cattle for mine from the West Tigers to get over this Melbourne Storm side. I do like the uh, the buy of Jackson Hastings for the West Tigers. He has been uh, great over in England, and it's almost like this redemption story for him, and he's come back and with a point to prove, uh, and I think he'll be great and add a lot to the West Tigers side. Yeah, we just heard via uh, Adam back at headquarters that there are a few phone issues, so apologies for all of our listeners who've been looking forward to Big Dave fairly, including yep. including myself. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get Dave shortly, and also we'll talk some Winter Paralympics with Tori Pendergast. I'm ecstatic about this. Ray Anderson, a young lady we've had a lot to do with, finished 10th last night. Mm -hmm. She's one of only a handful of athletes in history that have been to both a Paralympic Games in track and field and now the Winter Paralympic Games. So what a hero. Well done to Ray Anderson. We'll talk more about that as the show unfolds. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. 
Yeah, good morning. We're live from Shelley Beach Golf Course. Steve Allen and Michael Butner, former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League rep. And I was getting updates yesterday about Ray Anderson from the Central Coast in the Winter Paralympic Games in Beijing. And there's no one better to talk about her results than a two-time Paralympian in the amazing event of giant slalom sit skiing and also the women's slalom. Uh, Tori Pendergast, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Steve. So, Ray Anderson, what a phenomenal performance. Can you tell us more about her event that she was in and how she went in Beijing? Sure thing. So she was in the um, giant slalom. I think if anyone watched the live event yesterday, it was a bit looked a bit grim, very um, grey and foggy skies. It got, got a bit warm, so from my understanding, they had to salt the course to make sure the surface was nice and hard so it looks like they were battling um some really tough conditions and she keep she competed in her first event so the giant slalom so distances between the gates are about uh 20 to 30 meters um going left and right down the course um yeah and she really smashed out of the park for her kind of debut in the winter paralympics getting a 10th yeah and uh i could hear the commentators saying that because ray has got cerebral palsy one side of her body is a real challenge. Is it the left side of her body and trying to get around those flags? Yeah, you'll see it in a lot of um, athletes that have like a similar impairment to Ray where you can see them really struggle on that kind of left turn to get around the gate. They might seem a bit, a bit wobbly on one side and you see that it's just a bit of a weaker turn. But um, she did really well to kind of make sure those turns looked consistent and, yeah, making some good turns. I actually think she did an amazing job to finish the course. It looked really difficult. And when she crossed the line, I think she was maybe around a second behind the leader. In the end, how far off was she from winning a medal? I think, I think she was, a, um, from my understanding, have I looked, she, she came in 10th. So she was about probably like seven seconds behind the leader. But um, that field is quite tough. There's some really good girls skiing there, like... Marie Beauchet, um, she's been to four Paralympic Games. She's got multiple gold, gold medals. So it's a really tough class for her to compete in. Um, but she did great in terms of first games and in those really tough conditions. Tori, I just want to touch on Ray's performance and the fact that not only has she competed at the Paralympics, but now the Winter uh, uh, Paralympic Games. And it's just absolutely phenomenal um, for her to be in that position and to show her versatility as an athlete. Yeah, for sure. I think I remember when she was with me and I was trying to push her towards skiing because she just had a natural inclination to it. So props to her for, you know, really just having the ability to kind of switch between both. So great stuff. Hey, do you feel like she's got potential to really push on further in this sport now and maybe, maybe be a Paralympic medalist at some stage? Oh, anything can happen in skiing. That's, I mean, that's what I found throughout my career. So, yeah, if she keeps on training hard and um, really just, like, puts that, that effort in overseas and stuff like that, I think there's definitely a, definitely a possibility. It's, you know, it's anyone's game. And a couple of the athletes will be looking to retire this year as well. So really opens the door for her. Yeah. And what are your thoughts of the Winter Paralympic Games so far? Who are some of the athletes that have impressed you apart from Ray? Oh, it's been a ton. I think our Australian cohort has done a really good job. I know um, Mel Perrine was also in the slalom and visually impaired category. Um, 
yesterday and she did really well. You can see they're all just like putting their best run they possibly can out there. But um, some of the Norwegian skiers are doing really well. And then um, China's actually top of the top of the medal tally at the moment. So they haven't been able to really compete at the world stage because of COVID restrictions. So they've really just come out blazing on the on the world stage and been dominating the Alpine and Paris snowboard events. Yeah, earlier this week I saw Matt Graham, the Winter, uh, the Winter Olympics uh, silver medalist in Moguls. He put a post on social media about Ben Tudhope. Uh, is that in the Paris snowboard event? And uh, was he our first medalist? He was, yeah. Good old, like Ben's grown so much from the 14-year-old that I saw in, in Sochi in 2014. Um, he's just grown to be such a great athlete and, yeah, got a, got a bronze in the... Um, snowboard cross event and then he finished ninth in the bank slalom event yesterday and put in a really solid effort so he's done an outstanding job how how has it felt for you as a two-time uh winter paralympian and i know like uh, you bowed out on your own terms but uh gee has it been hard to watch for you (laughs) i think so i think it's been particularly tough because i see some of the girls um who i used to compete with and you know they're doing quite well they're um winning medals but you know I know when I was you know at my peak I was you know I could beat them and all that kind of stuff so it's it's a bit like oh you feel like you're missing out um but at the same time you know you just you just know I think when you want to call it and you're always going to miss the sport um but at the same time I'm just I guess it's still happy to got to experience it who we uh, who can we keep an eye on over the next couple of days Tori uh, from the Australian perspective uh, those competing uh, still at the games yeah, um, so ben, Ben's events are done, unfortunately. So he's, he's finished up his campaign. But Mel Perrine in the slalom today and Ray as well, she's going to be competing. Um, then the boys are on um, the following day. So Mitch Gooley, um, he's been, he's, I think this is his fourth Paralympic, could be his fifth Paralympic Games. And he's quite a good skier as well. So he, if he skis well, he could be in for a shot. Um, and then you've got Patrick Jensen, another VI, um, and Josh Harland, who's made an absolutely fantastic Games debut debut sorry um he smashed it out of the parks i'm really looking forward to see what he can do we're talking to tori pendergast two-time winter paralympian you know we started competing in these games back in 1976 our best ever games 2002 we were eighth place with six gold and one silver pyeongchang we were 15th where did you say we're sitting at the moment and uh, i guess it shows how the Winter Paralympics has grown and how difficult it is to actually finish on the podium. Absolutely. I think we're, we're coming in 17th. The medal, the only medal we've got kind of at the moment is Ben bringing it home. So it's, it's getting tough out there. I think the, the level of oh my, quality and standard is just being raised across like all events. It's great to see for the sport, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely tough for the Australians, in particular, I think this season and this year with, travel restrictions and stuff. I know the Australians had a tough time, you know, even getting to training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that that pretty much goes for every athlete. We saw that with the Tokyo Olympics, let alone the Winter Paralympics. Uh, Tori, pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for joining us yet again and look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Steve. Always a pleasure. Tori Pendergast. Yeah, well, one of my heroes, Tori Pendergast. Yeah, yeah. An outstanding athlete. And, you know, she speaks very well. But she's right about all those challenges that have faced all these athletes over the last 18 months, two years with uh, COVID and, and all those <laughs> restrictions. And 
Thankfully, Steve, it appears we're on the way out, which is fantastic. Well, we hope so. I know today that the Swimming Australia this week and also Water Polo Australia, they've actually pulled university teams out of the World University Championships in China. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to look more into some of their reasons why. It may have to do with some human rights issues. Yep, okay. So, yeah, we think we're out of it, and then it comes and bites us again. And I, I did hear driving home last night, I don't want to be the Grim Reaper, but there are, there is another strain of COVID which could be heading our way. So, yep. And then we've got a war in Europe. So I think there's a lot of factors at the moment, Buttes, that could affect <laughs> athletes for some time to come. As if it hasn't been a tough... <laughs> 18 months, two years, and we've got all these other things that are now adding on to it. And, you know, we've, we've seen it here in Australia, the floods and, and the impact that has had and, you know, how much can people take. And, um, yeah, it's just, I guess what it does show is the level of resilience amongst yeah. uh, families, communities, people, and how they just have the ability to fight back and uh, keep going. Yeah, and that's why when I was in Toowoomba, I was so delighted to see the company that I did some work with that they've got such a focus on mental health Yeah. because we've had all these things that have been so incredibly challenging. And so this is a workplace that, you know, the mental state and well-being of their their staff and their staff's families is absolutely paramount. Paramount. And it has to be. The business comes second. Yeah. We're off to the news. Back very shortly. We'll try to get Dave Fairley on. Uh, You've been messaging the big guy. I've been waiting. I'm waiting for a response. Hopefully he gets back to us. I tell you, I would love to have Dave Fairley on this morning. Also, the guru, Gary Birkinshaw, coming up. Saturdays on the coast on SEM. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, we're back live at Shelley Beach Golf Course on this beautiful Saturday, seeing some incredible tee shots this morning. It's probably some of the best we've seen Mate, in, our, in they, our time coming here. They are cracking it down the middle of the fairway. Just uh, Yeah, the boys have been, I guess, have been held up, locked away at home in, under these, you know, trying conditions, and they're out and looking to smash the ball down the middle of the uh, fairway, which they are doing. Hey, Butes, in your absence, we've had the guru, Gary Birkinshaw. Yes. He has been superb. I'll just check with Adam whether we've got him uh, waiting on the line. Uh, Guru, are are you there, my friend? Still grabbing him. Still getting him. That's okay. Well, the guru plays uh, golf every Saturday morning. Butes, uh, we haven't spoken about the team that I love, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, uh, up against the Cowboys in round one. You spoke a moment ago about trial form. Now, the Bulldogs definitely had work to do after their trials. Where do you feel like they're at? And they've got the Cowboys. That's a tough ask. A trip to far north Queensland in round one. Yeah, look, you know, they had a tough year last year. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, the purchase of uh, Brent Naden from the Bulldogs, Josh Adokar from the Storm, Matt Burton from Penrith. Sorry, Brent Naden from Penrith, Matt Burton. I think they're really good buys for them. Um, they do probably need to rely heavily on their big fours, and, and Paul Vaughan from the Dragons has come across. So, look, they, they could be there or thereabouts. I don't think they're going to be uh, in the top eight for mine, but, um, you know, a tough task coming up to Cowboys heading up to North Queensland. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Bulldogs go, mate. I think you have got a lot of hope for them. 
but uh, I'm not so sure I... Uh, my hope is shared by you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> You've made my weekend. Hey, uh, let's go live to the guru, the man who's been uh, filling in for you admirably yes. over the last couple of weeks. Uh, guru Gary Birkinshaw, good morning, mate. And where are we at with Central Coast Cricket? Yeah, g'day, Steve. G'day, Buttes, mate. Uh, welcome back, mate. Uh, yeah, look, mate, gee, the weather certainly challenged us over the last couple of weeks. But uh, today is semi-final, or this weekend is semi-finals weekend for our first grade competition. And... Uh, We've got the major semi-final at Erin Oval, King Cumber Evoca taking on Terry or Matcham. And in the minor semi-final out of Cole Gooley Oval, out of your mind, we've got Southern Spirit taking on the entrance. So, two really good games. Mate, I've got to say, I was down at Terrigal this morning and uh, they were mowing the lawn and what have you. I've got to tell you, you don't want to be in the... F- you, know, you do want to be in the field today because the ground is that thick. Um, finding boundaries is going to be really tough. Oh, mate, it's going to be a tough day. There are some there are some finals being played today on grounds that haven't been no council, just physically been unable to get onto the ground. So that'll be yep. you know, shin deep some of the some of those grounds. But uh, but look, yeah, we're playing Saturday, Sunday this this weekend, so it's probably pretty even on, on both days. I won't mow it overnight, so so you think even on Sunday it's probably going to be a little bit longer than what it was on on Saturday. But mate, they're really enthralling. We didn't get any cricket for the last two rounds, obviously two weekends due to the rain, so. The boys will be keen to get out there, and, and you could argue that they are the, probably the best four sides that, that are playing in the semis. So, can you name names? We know we love to pump up some of the local players. Who are going to be some of the key men who get the job done? Well, we'll go to the, the elimination first. Is that obviously you're looking at Sutton Spirit playing the entrance, the loser is out, and uh, I suppose for the entrance you've, you've got the Hardy boys, Jake and Brock Hardy, probably arguably two of the best bats in the competition. So, so they'll be holding the, the key key for them. Dylan Bennett has been a, a huge play for them with both bat and ball, but Southern Spirit, they've, we, we spoke to uh, Simon Blake last week, and, and they've been a real surprise package this year, and you know, Lachlan Cork, Ross Watson's done a great job for them as captain, as a spinner, but um, I think you look at Lachlan Cork, who's been really come on as a player, the player of the match of the, the T20 competition, and then uh, so he'll, he'll be vital for them. The major semi-final, Dylan Robertson's obviously King Cumbers, he, he's their key. He, he's arguably the best player in the competition, so he'll have to... Uh, to play well for them, um, uh, and also for Terrigal Matcham to to beat them. I think Alex Patterson is, is the key for them. Their captain, open the bowler, he's represented New South Wales country, and bowling is the strength for Terrigal Matcham. My only issue with them is can they get enough runs with the bat? Lloyd Radcliffe opening the batting for Terrigal will need to, uh, to have a big game. Yeah, mate. Uh, the cricket Australia versus Pakistan it appeared they played on a bit of a road, mate. To be honest with you, actually uh, they've been docked. I think they've been docked on the world stage, haven't they, Gary, because of how bad that pitch yeah. was? Yeah, that, that that was such an embarrassment based on the build-up to that series, Australia going back to Pakistan. No-one's been there for so long. The anticipation was really good. <coughs> and and they have immediately come out and say they docked the wicket. It's the only wicket in Pakistan that actually has got any pace in it. They were, they were coming out and said they were concerned about Australia's pace attack. And so they actually made it as placid. They, they wanted to come out of it as, as at least nil all in the series. Send it then to Karachi, um, where it's a spinner's deck, and, and try and claim a win there. But very disappointing given the build-up to the, um, yeah, to the series. Uh, Gary, are you at liberty to pick who you think might get the job done this weekend? In between uh, the, the, the Central Coast game? Yeah, yep. so Spirit versus yeah, so the King, entrance, so, the juggernaut that is the so, entrance, and then King Cumber Terrigal. So, so King uh, so King Cumber will beat Terrigal, and the entrance will beat Southern Spirit. 
And mate, if the if the games end up in draws, how does that play out? Who ends up going through based on their standings? So basically, so King come and finish minor premiers, so they'll they'll so they'll move through straight through the grand final. And Southern Spirit, having finished third, they'll they'll progress through, and they would play terrible matchup next week in the preliminary final. The entrance would be out. Gotcha. Okay. So you're tipping the entrance to win, despite where this where they finished in the uh, competition. Yep, wholly and solely um, uh, buttes on the fact that I think they've just got better big big game players. Southern Spirit have done really, really well yep. and um, uh, and to get where they are, but they haven't got many of those. Um, uh, you know, the experience is probably not quite there. So I'd um, so I just think the big game, when it gets down to the, the crunch, I think the entrance will win the, the, the moments that matter and that'll get them over the line. Can I ask you a question, Gaz? How important will the conditions be? I'm assuming they're playing on uh, turf wickets. So yep. I'm imagining that there's going to be a lot of juice in these wickets uh, based on what's exactly. happened over the last couple yep. of weeks. Impossible for it not to be, Butes, given the fact that the, the wickets have been uncovered. Uh, they haven't been able to get on to rip, get a roller on to, to effectively really probably late Thursday afternoon, maybe even yesterday. So they're going to be you know, plenty of moisture in the surface. So it's definitely going to be bowlers' advantage. And I think the side who's got the best bowlers will... Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come through. We'll have an advantage. Which I think Terrigal have got a good bowling attack, but, but so has Kingcomer. Kingcomer got a good all-round side. The interesting point: if you go to the Southern Spirit, the entrance game, Southern Spirit have got a a good solid attack. But when you look at from the entrance, the entrance main strength is spin bowling through Brock Hardy and, and Luke Dizerin. So the old saying as well is, if the ball seems, it also spins. So I think the yeah. variable bounce and the slope may suit the spin bowlers there that, that they that the entrance have gotten. As I said, I think there'd be nothing in it, but I just think the big moments, the, the, the batting that the entrance got should be enough to get them over Southern Spirit. Hey, Guru, are you able to stay for one more break this morning? Uh, I'd like to talk yep. to you about yep. the Women's World Cup because we've got a blockbuster coming up tomorrow. Top of the table clash, Aussies up against the home team, New Zealand. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Back live at Shelley Beach Golf Course, a glorious sunny Saturday here. The course looks amazing, uh, overlooking the 18th and also overlooking the 1st and the practice green. Lots of people warming up for their game. Lots of younger golfers as well, Buttes, which I've noticed. Yes. Let's go straight back to Gary Birkinshaw, and the guru is joining us live. Are you on the golf course this morning? Yeah, I'm on the golf course here at Gosford today, and it's... Um yeah, it's quite alright. It's wet, obviously, but uh, it's all been made. So, no, it's a beautiful morning to be at the golf course. Eh? Hey, Guru, we finished the last segment talking about the uh, top-of-the-table clash. So, the Aussie women up against the host nation and just the one loss for New Zealand and Australia has been rolling along beautifully with their star-studded lineup. Yeah, look, they've had a good start, Australia, and yeah, their depth has certainly been shown. They've been able to make a couple of changes and, and not lose any of their ability, uh, whether they need medium pace, they need spinners on, and uh, so, so they're going beautifully. New Zealand have been very scratchy to start with. They lost to the West Indies, and, and then they, you know, Bangladesh, they, they rain shortened game there. Um, I think they got over India, I think, even the other day. So not hitting their straps yet, but, gee, they've got some, got some talent. There's no doubt about it, and it should be a cracking game of cricket. Mate, the Australian v. England game, uh, 50 overs, 
What a what a batting performance from the Australians. Three for 310. Rachel Haynes, uh, 130 from 131 balls. Meg Lenning, uh, 86 runs. Just a phenomenal performance. And the England side uh, chased it. They didn't chase it down, but, gee, they got close. Eight for 298 uh, off their 50 overs. Australia winning that game by 12, ones, but 12 runs. But um, what a game that is. That is phenomenal when you're talking about, you know, the 50-over game and how far the game has come. You know, if, if that's a men's game, you're actually pretty happy. But these women uh, are certainly showing that they can match it with the with the boys. Yeah, look, that's one thing I reckon's really changed in, in women's cricket. I think the WBBL has got a lot to lot to do with that. Is, is their ability to score? You know, in the past, that that was probably one of the criticisms of women's cricket. You know, five years ago, that it was always low scoring. They couldn't they couldn't score. But now they've you know, they're scoring as many as what the men are. The boundaries are in a little bit, not not insignificantly, especially over in New Zealand. But just they've turned into real shot makers. They can they can score all around the wicket. And uh, you know, it's, it's, women's cricket is really good to watch. It's, it's authentic cricket and played the way it should be. And so you get a game where 310 is, is almost chased down with 298. Exceptional game of cricket. And Australia's batting lineup is phenomenal. There's no doubt yeah. about that. They, you know, they bat. Really like, Charlie McGrath coming in and batting at number six is just, yeah, it's phenomenal depth. And, you know, and she's such a good striker of the ball. So if you're going to beat Australia, you're going to need to make early inroads or score plenty of runs with the bat. Yeah, that's right. Their depth is phenomenal, the batting lineup, the Australians, and uh, especially up at that top order. They are so strong there. And if they get off to a good start, they're hard to pin back. Uh, as Steve O's touched on, they take on New Zealand uh, tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, one game I am looking forward to is the Australians taking on the West Indies, who have been playing very well in this tournament also. Um, they play India today, the West Indies side, but they go into that game undefeated at the moment. Um, haven't had success over both England. Um, they've also beaten uh, the... Who else have they beaten? The New Zealanders. They beat the New Zealanders as well. So they're in good form, the West Indies. They are. They, they play an interesting game of cricket as well. They, <laughs> you know what I like watching the Indians? Is they're so passionate. They're actually... So, everything, when they game, the game they played when they beat New Zealand, everything was on like every ball. They were, they were emotional. They were singing out and, you know, it was, it was really exciting to watch. And, you know, and then the, the, the girl lady come on and bowled dot and she hadn't bowled in international cricket for something like two or three years. And come on to out on the ball and, and turn probably a, 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 a probable loss into, a, into an incredible win for them. Yeah, Gary, Butte said a moment ago about uh, England's run chase against, against Australia where they've almost made 300, but England yet to win a game. They've won this tournament previously and uh, I was going to say any one of the top five or six could go on to play finals in this and uh, England, I guess, they need to get their campaign back on track. Yeah, I think you're right there, Steve. The, 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 Competition has got closer. The, the teams, the country is getting closer and closer. I think at the moment there's jostling going on to try and get through to the semi-final. So just make the top four, and then then once again the top four, then then the tournament really gets started from from there. So um, England, England doing well. That they're good enough. They'll be good enough to get through to the top four. And as I said, when it gets there, I would, I would imagine the top four will be India, England, Australia, and New Zealand. I'm not sure. That, well, probably India and West Indies might fight out for a spot. But uh, once you get to that semi-final stage, the standard will be. Yeah, the competition will be right on. So England, they face South Africa on Monday and then they're up against India on Wednesday. So a couple of games coming up for them. Mm. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, Guru, uh, coming up soon, we spoke about the Sports Central Coast Awards. We've got the Night of Nights for Cricket Central Coast with the Alan Davidson medal. How exciting is that going to be? That is um, a really good night. And obviously with you hosting, you'll make it a sensational night. So... 
No, it's good. I can actually pleased to tell you. I can tell you the nominees. We've actually got to the Alan Davidson Medal. They've been they've been announced, and they uh, uh, Scott Birkinshaw, Dylan Robertson, Sean Eaton, um, Callum Ranger, and Alex Patterson have all been nominated for the Alan Davidson Medal. So um, so the winner will come from that. So that should be should be really exciting. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And also the women. Uh, yeah, the women there. So, so the Alabama's move covered men and women. So, that for the women's cricket of the year, there's some some good ones. The interesting some nominees there. Actually, it's got Emily Humphreys and Tara French, who are both under 16. So they're they're in the nominees. Mm. Alyssa Andrews is also up there, and Amy Cunningham, of course, who did a fantastic job in the for the Central Coast side. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Great to have you on the show as always. We'll catch up again soon. And uh, I think he's pretty keen to be a third wheel too. Yeah, I'd love to have him on board. He's done a great job filling in for me, which isn't that hard to be honest, Guru. Yeah, thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you soon. Mate, love to come and join you. Thanks, guys. Gary Birkinshaw, the Guru, joining us. Quick break here. We'll come back and wrap the show up in a few moments' time. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, we're back live from Shelley Beach Golf Course and just a beautiful, stunning day. Hope you're enjoying the weekend so far. Great to have your company. By the way, if you missed anything this morning, we had Kirk Idley on early yes. in the show. Had a two-time Paralympian join us, Tori Pendergast. Uh, also, winner Paralympian, I should say. Yeah. Also had uh, Simon Smythe join us about the sports awards, Gary Birkinshaw about uh, local cricket into their final series. And unfortunately, you... we missed out on Big Dave Fairley. He was uh, just had some technical issues, but you know we're going to get him on over the next couple of weeks because he's his insight in terms of the game of rugby league and, and what he's doing with the NRL referees is outstanding. Well, he's the best. And you know I'm his biggest fan both on and off the field uh, with his playing career but also what he's doing now, helping out the NRL officials. Yes, yeah, he's doing a great job. Hey, Butes, I uh, just want to say a few more things about my trip to Toowoomba, particularly yep. the business that I did some work for, NRG Services. What I really loved is their focus on mental well-being of their staff. Uh, I spoke to Greg Ferguson this morning from Robson Civil Projects, and not surprisingly, Robsons have travelled down this path as well. So they're involved with the Resilience Project yep. in, in Toowoomba. Uh, they've also... They've got a, an operation called Mates in Construction. And so throughout their business, they have people that they call connectors that you can talk to about anything if you've got problems in the workplace. Um, also, Trademark. Now, you may have seen these guys. There are a couple of tradies that they've started this business and they've been on national TV numerous times. They've mm-hmm. done some kind of PR stunts. But they've got these shirts that you can purchase in the workplace and they're pretty loud. Like, uh, you know, they're colourful. But on the back, it says, these are conversation starters. Yeah. So, and I feel like in the last couple of years, more than ever, people may have been struggling, uh, certainly mentally. Yep. No doubt about it with what we've all had to go through. Oh, you bet, mate. And, you know, that resilience project, um, I can't think of the gentleman's name who started it, but uh, Hugh somebody, it's a a Dutch name, I think. But nevertheless, uh, I've... He has done some amazing work with AFL teams, with NRL teams, with schools, corporations. And he talks about his story. And, and it's very it's three very simple uh, areas that you can focus. One is gratitude, one is empathy, and one is mindfulness. And it's just about being aware of your environment, being aware of uh, things that you are grateful for in your life. And it doesn't need to be big things. It could be the fact that, you know what, I'm grateful for the sun shining today. 
that's about as good as it or big as it needs to be. Could be grateful that you get a great parking spot uh, when you go shopping. Yeah, it's just those simple things, and it, what it does is it enables you to look at life differently, rather than in a negative way. It just makes you look at life in in a more positive fashion, and uh, if more people are doing that then obviously their well-being and their, their mindset is, is a lot better. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, and it talks about journaling and how you know, writing these things down on a daily basis really puts you in a good headspace. Yeah, the other organisation they're involved with is Top Blokes Foundation, and that's where they try to get young men, like, and I mean really young, so like in their early teens, so that when they are 18 or older in the workplace, they understand fully about respect for women, but yep. they understand about being good blokes, and that's uh, that's critical. So, uh, I, I, yeah, hats off to NRG Services, uh, their entire team, and I had a fantastic week up there. And I came away saying, if more businesses can focus on this area of development, on the mental well-being of their staff and their staff's families, then it's going to be a better place that we live in. You that's bet. for sure. Hey, we can hear the uh, the music has has chimed in. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy round one of the National Rugby League. Enjoy round three of the NRLW. And, of course, next week, I think Wednesday night, the AFL starts. So we've got plenty to talk about next week. Yeah, and next weekend, I think we might be live from the Central Coast Pro, the surfing. Oh, uh, that? Live from Avoca Beach next Saturday. Thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. Thanks to Josh Kind, our technician. Thanks, as always, to Shelley Beach Golf Course for hosting us. We'll catch you next Saturday. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.